Welcome to the Dare to Multiply podcast. On this podcast, we help passionate Jesus followers become courageous, obedient disciples who impact their communities for the kingdom of God. I'm your host, Cynthia Anderson, a disciple multiplication coach and trainer. I'm going to show you how to make and multiply disciples in your area. God's got great things ahead for you. Let's dare to multiply. Today on the podcast, I'm talking about what is a multiplier's mindset and why do we need one? This is the title of my new book, The Multiplier's Mindset, Thinking Differently About Discipleship. And I'm going to answer that question today. I'll also share about some of the mindset shifts. So really looking forward to doing that on the podcast today. And we'll be right back with that in just a moment. Are you busy but not seeing the fruit you long for? Dissatisfied with your present level of impact on those around you? Are frustrated with traditional methods of discipleship that don't seem to be effective? If so, the Getting Started in Disciple Making Movements course may be just what you need. Inside the Getting Started program, you'll get access to a step-by-step proven approach to making and multiplying disciples. Not only will you receive 25 short and practical video teachings spread out over six modules, but you'll have a chance to connect with others for group coaching via our monthly Zoom calls. And even more importantly, you'll become part of a global community of like-minded people from all over the world who are passionately committed to following Jesus and impacting others around them. If you want to get unstuck and begin moving forward as a disciple who makes disciples, I encourage you to go to courses.dmmsfrontiermissions.com and sign up for this powerful program today. And now to today's episode. All right, let's dive in. What is a multiplier's mindset and why do we need to develop one? How do we go about it? I want to talk about that today on the Dare to Multiply podcast. I'm so glad you're here with me. And this is something that is really, really important to me in what I've been aiming at and thinking about, and I'll be talking about this for a long time to come as well, the multiplier's mindset. The multiplier's mindset is all about shifting our thinking to align our ways of thinking, our mindsets, our paradigms with the word of God in what God has to say about who he is, about who we are, about who others are, and about how to go about making disciples. As you shift your mindset, as you change your thinking, it then shifts, and I've seen this in my own life, I've seen it in a lot of other people, it then shifts your behavior. And as your behavior changes, then automatically your fruitfulness changes, and you begin to see much more fruitful results of your disciple-making effort. So we need to put on a multiplier's mindset. We need to align our mind with the Word of God so that we're changing from an additional mindset, which is just making a few disciples to a multiplication mindset, which is going to lead to seeing disciples who make disciples who make disciples, to seeing a kingdom impact in your entire area. So this is a journey I've been on for many years, actually. And for over the last year, I've been working on a new, this new book, which is going to be released on September 7th. I'm super excited about getting this book into your hands and seeing 
being, God began to use these mindset shifts from his word as you realign, seeing you come into that alignment and see greater fruit and greater results from the efforts that you're making to multiply disciples. So really, really excited. I want to start with sharing a story of how God began to work in my life related to this. Well, I had heard about church planning movements and disciple making movements for many years. Um, I'd read all the great books out there by David Garrison and Steve Addison and uh, the T for T book by Steve Smith and Ying Kai and tried my best to apply all these things and put them into practice in the work that we were doing in India and in Nepal. Um, but one day, I was sitting in my garden there in India. It was early morning. Uh, it was a cool morning. It's a very hot area of the world and in that time of year. And But it was cool in the morning. I had my cup of coffee in my hand. I love to drink coffee. And I uh, was drinking my coffee out in the garden, sitting up at the beautiful bougainvillea uh, flowering tree that was there. And yet my heart was sad and grieved and um, tears began to stream down my cheeks. And I just began to cry out to God saying, God, we're not seeing it happen. We've been trying our best to do everything we know how to do, but it's not happening. We, we have this team of people, they're good people, but you know, we all have issues and weaknesses in our lives and we're just not, it's not happening. We're not seeing the results that we've been dreaming of and believing would come about if we, a movement, we wanted to see a movement of disciples, not just a few believers. And as I was there in the garden and I was just crying out to God, tears streaming down my face, this phrase like kind of dropped into my mind, a, a doubt, a, a phrase of doubt. And it was this phrase, it was, are you just a little league team trying to win the World Series? <laughs> now, some of you, many of you <clears throat> who listen to this podcast are not from America, where American baseball is such a big thing. And um, it's a baseball metaphor. And the, a little league team is what we call these teams of children that learn how to play baseball. And when I was a kid, I was on a little league team. Actually, we we're living in Ghana, but my, my dad and some other dads formed this little league team. And we all tried to learn how to play baseball. And I was a second baseman on the baseball, the little league team. And you know, it was it was this kind of scenario, you can kind of picture it, where these kids would, would try and they would swing at the pitch that the dad would pitch out and they would miss. And then when they finally did hit it, they would stumble and trip over the, you know, on the way to the first base. And it was this fumbling kind of picture in my mind when I thought of Little League. A bunch of kids don't know what they're doing, having fun, but trying to play baseball, right? And the World Series is like the World Cup, right? And and the uh, World Cup in, in football or soccer. And here we were trying, you know, I felt like we were this little league team, this fumbling, stumbling uh, people with issues <laughs> trying to have this huge achievement, this win of seeing a church planning movement or a disciple making movement take off in our area. And that question just plagued my mind for a long time. Like, are we just a little league team? What are we even trying to do? Are we like crazy to be pursuing multiplication? Is this even possible? 
And my questions drove me to the word of God, to scripture. And, you know, that's where we find our source. That's where we find our answers. And I began to pour over in the next month that followed the book of Acts. And I began to pour through the gospels and just study them and look and search for answers on whether or not we should continue to pursue a dream of multiplication or if it was unrealistic and not something God would have me to do. And as I looked at scripture, I began to discover (laughs) afresh that God had used ordinary people. When he chose Peter, Simon Peter, and called him to fish for men there, and he told him to let the net out into the deep in Luke chapter 5, Peter was just an ordinary guy. He had issues. He was, he had a temper. He was, you know, there's all kinds of things in Peter's life. He was an ordinary guy, but God had chosen him and James and John, these other fishermen. And then he chose them and trained them. And they, through these ordinary kind of, you know, messed up guys, (laughs) he had brought about radical increase and multiplication. We look at Paul and Paul was like, barking up the wrong tree, on the wrong path. He was killing Christians. He was a murderer of Christians, but God chose him. Today, we might call him a terrorist. God chose him, and then he called him, and he began to reform him and change his thinking, and he began to use him as someone that would catalyze movements of disciples and churches that would grow and multiply all over the Roman Empire. So as I studied this, the book of Acts and the Gospels, I I had this faith rising up in my heart, this faith that believed that God can do it through me. God can do it here. God can do it through me. And faith is one of the mindset shifts that I talk about in this book. Faith. We need a faith mindset to believe that God can do it here and God can do it through me. He has chosen you. It says that in John 15, 5, you know, it says, I chose you and appointed you to bear fruit, bear much fruit, fruit that would last, right? And so God has chosen us. We need to shift our mindset to a faith mindset. But let me carry that story on just a little bit further. Well, about 10 years after I had had that garden talk with God, and then that month of pouring over scripture where I decided to continue to pursue movements. It was about 10 years later, we still were not seeing what we had hoped, right? We still were not seeing it. And so there was a group of us in Youth with a Mission, the agency that I work with, and we gathered together and we formed a group of people we called the Greater Fruit Group. Not the Fruit Loop group, right? We were we were a bunch of crazy people sometimes. But anyway, he, we formed this greater fruit group. And we had called in an organizational consultant. And uh, by God's grace, he offered to work with us for free. He was a top-notch consultant who had worked for the U.S. government, a bunch of big businesses. And he really knew what his, he was doing. His name was Jack Hurley. And he, together with a man named Roger, took us as leaders through this process where we began to look at what were our limiting mindsets or what were our limiting beliefs that were hindering us from seeing the fruit, the kind of multiplication that God wanted to give us and that we so desperately wanted and longed to see in our areas. And as we went through this process with Jack and with Roger, God began to highlight places where our our thinking didn't match with our actions. We said we believe something, 
but then our actions weren't in line. We weren't doing those things. And so then we went back and re-examined our mindsets, re-examined our beliefs to see whether or not uh, there were changes we needed to make in our thinking that would then unlock greater fruit. And as we went through this process, uh, God took us to places of repentance. There were things I had to repent over that I knew that I, I said I believed, but I really didn't. Um, one of them was open. This one, that the harvest was ripe in Jesus' day, and it's still ripe now. I knew that it said that in Scripture, where Jesus said, lift up your eyes and look at the fields. They're ripe for harvest. But my behavior didn't reflect that I believed that people were open. I assumed, I made assumptions that people were closed to the gospel around me. So they wouldn't want to have a spiritual conversation. They wouldn't want to talk about Jesus. I had this assumption that blocked me from doing evangelism and from sharing my story and God's story with others. And so in some of these areas, we had to really repent and change. And as we went through this process, we saw that God began to release greater fruit. And after this process and after sharing it with some others in our mission, in the three or four years after that, we saw 19 new fourth generation movements released through Youth with a Mission. So we went from hardly seeing any to seeing 19 new movements because of this change in thinking. So a number of years ago, as I do every year, I ask God every year in January, I ask God, what's the one thing I need to do this year that is going to bear fruit? And I said, you need to write a book about these beliefs, these mindset shifts. And so I started down that journey. Um, I not only took what we had learned as youth with a mission, but I interviewed lots of other people like uh, Stan Parks and Curtis Sargent from 2414, Bill Smith. I interviewed uh, Victor Chowdhury. I interviewed lots of movement leaders who've seen tremendous breakthrough and fruitfulness in our training. Lots of people who are seeing movements. And in that process, I came up with a list of 17 mindset shifts that as you go through the book, you'll be challenged to think about, to think afresh and anew on each one of these mindset shifts. And um, I am convinced that if you will go through that process like I did, and you'll allow the Holy Spirit to highlight what he wants to highlight, you'll begin to see fruitfulness in a new way. And you'll begin to see the multiplication of disciples as you long for and as God longs for. What is a multiplier's mindset? We need to put on the mind of Christ. We need to realign our thinking with the Bible, with the Word of God, especially the Gospel and the Book of Acts. And what does Scripture say about who God is, about who I am, about how to make disciples, and about those I'm discipling? And as we go through these shifts, we're going to see far greater fruit in the harvest. You know, I, I want to share one last story as we wrap up the podcast for today, but I was talking with one of my students, trainees in the getting started. Well, he did the getting started in disciple making movement course first, and he's now just finishing the moving forward in disciple making movements course. His name's Johannes from Botswana. And I was talking with Johannes and he was sharing with me about how his mindset has been changing and he's been changing his thinking. And one of the things that he was talking about was how he has changed his mindset in the area of all. And I'm holding up these cards for those of you who are watching on YouTube, but 
all is a mindset that says all appointed to accomplish all activities. And this mindset is about embracing the priesthood of all believers, that all are appointed by God to accomplish all activities and changing from thinking that it's just the pastor and being pastor centric, that the pastor or the Christian leaders or the elders and deacons have to do all the work of the ministry to instead equipping every believer to do the work that God has chosen for them to do. And every disciple makes disciples. And every person in your church is not just going to sit in the pews, but they're going to be equipped and trained. And that's the job and the role of the pastor and the leader uh, to train and to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, as it talks about in Ephesians chapter four. So Johannes, he's, he was learning this and he was starting to do it and put it into practice. And he was training the people in his church And when when they would come together, he wouldn't preach, but he would instead ask them, what did you do this week? And he would hear their feedback and their testimonies. And then he would give them just in time training, just another another little bit from scripture. And then what are you going to do with this? And who are you going to share it with? And they started doing discovery Bible studies. And as he was doing this, his people were starting to come back with stories. But one day, he just told me about this and sent me the text uh, with pictures of this on WhatsApp the other day. But uh, he said he there was a person who had called him and said, Pastor, this, this lady is sick. Could you come and pray for her? And he said, no, what have I been training you about? I told you that all are appointed for all activities. He didn't use those words, but you are a royal priest of God. You can do the work of the ministry. You go and pray for her and I will pray for you that God will use you. And this person had gone and prayed for this sick woman and God had miraculously healed her. And they were so excited to see that God could use them to bring healing that he did. He wasn't needed, um, but his job was to empower and equip them. And uh, he sent me pictures of the lady who was healed. And I was so excited with Johannes for what he's what God's been doing through him there in Botswana. These mindset shifts change our behavior and they change our fruitfulness. And I really want to see you get a copy of this book. It has just gone on sale for pre-order. So you can go to multipliersmindset.com, multipliersmindset.com. You can pre-order your copy today. If you pre-order it, we will immediately send you a digital copy so you can start reading it right away. When the book is released on September 7th, we'll then send you a physical copy as well. So it's kind of a two for one deal. You get the digital and the physical. Uh, We'll also give you an assessment quiz where you can find out which of these mindset shifts are most important to focus on in the beginning. And we'll also give you the, the interviews the video interviews, access to those so you can see all those interviews, more than seven hours of interviews that I did, researching, interviewing people like Steve Addison, um, yeah, many different people, Bill, to find out what were the most important mindsets that they wanted to highlight as as catalyzing fruitfulness. So you get all that, just go again to multipliersmindset.com. And you can pre-order your purchase, your copy today and get those bonuses as well. And you also get access to the launch team where I'm going to be posting lots of behind the scenes stuff and uh, you'll be, be able to be part of that. So I would love for you to head over there right now 
multipliersmindset.com and grab your pre-purchase package um, or wait for the book to come out. That's totally fine too. But you're going to want to get a copy of this book and start to go through that same process that I went through that led to so much of a re- so much more fruitfulness and a release that we had not seen before when we only had the hows, but we hadn't shifted our thinking in really important key areas. God bless you guys, and we'll see you back here on the next podcast. Making disciples and sharing Jesus with those around you can be difficult. We need help to keep our faith alive as we step out to do new things. Faith to Move Mountains, stirring our faith to believe for movements among the unreached, is a 30-day devotional that will encourage your heart and build your faith. In it, I and my co-author, Kevin Sutter, share a scripture, a story, and a challenge each day from years of frontline experience working in tough places. Like I said, making disciples can be hard, progress is often slow, and breakthroughs seem distant. This devotional will kickstart your faith for a movement of disciples in your area. Grab a copy on Amazon.com today. I hope that today you've gotten an answer to the question, what is a multiplier's mindset? And that your heart is stirred by the story I told of how God changed me and how he can change you in your thinking. And it's going to result in changes of behavior and in a change of fruit and fruitfulness as well in your disciple making efforts. So I hope you'll pre-purchase a copy of the book. Uh, Again, just go to multipliersmindset.com and you can grab a copy of that or you can wait for it to be released in September. That's fine. And uh, whatever it is, I hope you'll get a copy. And more than that, more than it is about the book, the book is just a means and a tool. I hope that God will continue his process in you of shifting your thinking so it can shift your actions, so it can shift your results and the fruit that you see as a disciple maker. Thanks so much. God bless. We'll see you in the next podcast. That's all we've got for this episode of the Dare to Multiply podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, on Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you tune in to listen. Also, make sure to link up with us at dmmsfrontiermissions.com slash blog on social media, and please just share, share, share this podcast with anyone you think might enjoy it. Until next time, remember, God's dreams for us are always bigger than we can imagine.